It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we're so happy you're listening today. I hope everybody is having a good week so far. If you listened to our episode last week, which we hope all of you did, you heard that we have a very special guest on the show today. So Tabitha, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce the special guest that's with us in the studio. All right. Well, today we have Miss Kaylee Shawley. Kaylee, thank you so much for being with us. Yes. So, so before I let you introduce yourself, I just want to take a minute and introduce Kaylee to all of you from my perspective. Um, she is Derek's cousin by marriage, so we have a family connection, but over the years, she has been such a dear friend to me. Um, she is one of the most genuine, kind, considerate people I've ever met, and one thing that just really sticks out in my mind, not just to keep pouring it on, Kaylee, but <laughs> is that... You were still out living in California when we announced to the family that we were adopting Justin and Charlie, and you were the very first person that sent a card to us just welcoming them to the family, and that is just the type of person that you are. You are just kind, you're thoughtful, and I just thank you for that. But most importantly, Kaylee has a heart to serve the Lord, and so that's just a little bit about Kaylee from my point of view, but if you will, just tell everyone who you are and a little bit about your testimony and how you came to know the Lord. Yes, absolutely. I wish I could say that I remember sending you that card, but I definitely, (laughs) I don't, but I know that I was really excited to hear that y'all had adopted the boys. But yeah, that is so neat. And then I know you've always sent me notes too. Like I remember one time sharing with the family that I had shared the Lord with someone. And this is back when I was a new believer, but Tav has always written me notes too, just saying, you know, little notes of encouragement. So that's sweet. See, I didn't even remember that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, a little bit about me. I, um, I live in North Georgia, in Gainesville. I'm married to my husband, Michael. We'll be married for three years in November, which is honestly hard to believe. Um, We have three kids. So we have a seven-year-old girl named Ruby, uh, almost five-year-old named Campbell, another girl. And then our son, Moses, is almost two. He'll be two in September. He is a wild man. Yeah, (laughs) he is a wild man. Yes. Love him. Yes, my biggest baby to come into the world at nine pounds, five ounces, which Woo! I know Ashley yeah, had. I had two, two, two big ones too, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so my husband, you know, if you noticed the three-year marriage, we have a seven-year-old. It is a second marriage for me, which is part of my story. Mm-hmm. And I know today that we're talking about just trials, you know, related to health, um, but also just like personal testimony. Mm-hmm. And so part of my story, I have had, you know, some trials and I was blessed to live a really honestly charmed life most of my Mm -hmm. life up until, you know, I would say the last nine years. I just have had 
a lot of trials and I'm very cautious to use the word suffering because I really do believe that they're actually trials. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went through divorce, um, which is still, every time I say it, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, yeah. you know? Um, and so that is part of my story. And I, uh, my oldest two, our girls are from my previous marriage. So that is part of our story. Um, and then later, once I remarried, I received my cancer diagnosis. So just when I'm talking about trials, that's kind of what I'm referring to. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot to those things. It's right. been a real journey. Um, you know, divorce and the brokenness that comes with that. And then the physical brokenness that comes with mm-hmm. your declining well, health yeah. in the form of a cancer diagnosis. Um, and so for several years, I've been going through that, those things. And I feel like I'm at a place now where I have just um, a better capacity to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just talking before we even got started that that is what I admire most about you is that even though you're walking through some difficult times, your willingness to share, to be a help and a light to other people that may be entering into some of these seasons of life. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as all of you know, we are finishing up our series on having a healthy mind, body, and soul. But before we move on to our next series, we really wanted all of you to hear Kaylee's testimony regarding her health. So as she just mentioned, she is currently living with cancer. So Kaylee, would you mind sharing your cancer journey with us? Definitely. So (laughs) it's interesting because I found out that I had cancer a year and a half ago, actually on St. Patrick's Day of 2022. So... Mm -hmm. My son was only six months old, Um, but the funny thing about cancer, actually not funny at all, but (laughs) is that, you know, most cancers, by the time you find out you have cancer, you have lived with it actually for quite a while. Like it's Mm -hmm. very, symptoms start actually very slow growing and that's exactly right. So it was a lot to wrap my head around, you know, like here I was with this diagnosis, but then realizing, you know, through what the doctors were telling me that this had likely been in my body for 10 years. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, basically, you know, long story short, and I do have a blog for those of you who really want to hear about Mm -hmm. every symptom I had that's out there. And I wrote it out, you know, as a resource, um, So long story short, though, I found nodules. Um, Well, I didn't know they were nodules. I had lumps in my neck, and I thought that they were uh, swollen lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't actually pay very much attention to them. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, ever since I had had my son, I was having some weird symptoms that I chalked up to being postpartum. Mm -hmm. And now I realized they were actually, you know, cancer. So the type of cancer I have is papillary thyroid carcinoma, and I found out I had cancer on my chart. So Oh my gosh, my <laughs> chart. It can be so, a great tool, but also yes. yeah, yes. <laughs> to find something like that out on your own through that means is that had to be tough. <laughs> yes, I was seeing you know specialists because I knew something was not right, 
but I was not getting to the bottom of it. And even with thyroid cancer, my thyroid levels were normal. Oh, wow. Yes, which is interesting. Um, So it wasn't until I went to urgent care one day, showed them the lumps. They did a CT scan, which led them to want to do a biopsy. And still, even at this point, I'm like not thinking because they're doing a biopsy telling me people have nodules around their thyroid and in their neck all the time. They're mostly benign. I mean, if you look at the statistics, like it is actually quite rare. And so I was just believing that. I was like, yeah, I'll do this biopsy. going to go to work tomorrow. So I was working and I'll just never forget. I was standing in a parking lot in the middle of my work day and I pulled up a MyChart message and I knew enough that the word carcinoma meant cancer. And so immediately that fear and panic, you know, sudden. So yeah, yeah, that was kind of the start of my journey. Well, we know that that was probably, of course, not a path that you would choose for yourself. None of us would, but how has your diagnosis impacted your faith? Because we've talked a lot about mind, body, and soul. So this is a physical aspect, but how would you, how would you talk about your faith through all of this? Well, My faith, for one thing, has sustained me. I cannot imagine, and I say this all the time, how I would have gotten through the past year and a half, or even my trials before that, Mm -hmm. without a personal relationship with the Lord. And that is just so true. I mean, I'm in environments all the time now with other cancer patients, other chronically ill patients, and I can honestly say there is a clear divide when you encounter someone, whether Mm -hmm. they have Christ in their life in that personal relationship, or they're going through this without him. And I mean, it's just clear as day. And so I did have all the fear um, from that diagnosis. And I think anyone would, Would. you know, (laughs) Um, but honestly, when you ask me that question, the first thing that comes to mind, and a lot of people don't even know this, but, um, I did radiation, mm-hmm. and when you think of radiation for cancer, I mean, some people are familiar with it, but I had definitely never heard of the type of radiation that right. I personally went through, which was radioactive iodine. So basically, you ingest a radioactive pill, and I had a really, really high dose of that. Um, and then after you take that, you are quarantined. You're actually radioactive. So I spent 21 days (laughs) unable to see my kids. Oh my goodness. Unable to be within six feet of my husband or anyone. Mm -hmm. And I lived in our bedroom and we covered things like, you know, our remotes, my cell phone, everything in plastic. So literally anything I touched, I had to wipe it down several times. If I went to the bathroom, I had to flush the toilet several times. If I took a shower, there was like extra precaution until that radiation left my body. So, um, that is insane. I'll honestly say I've never heard of anything like that before. So radiation is one thing because of just, um, it's a lot on your body, but the mental game was honestly harder for me. That was 21 days with the Lord that I can say I would have never otherwise, you know, spent. And really, he's all that I had because I felt like a 
you know, pariah. I was just like, <laughs> no one can be around me. I'm like yeah. toxic to everybody. Like if they touched me, I would harm them. And I just couldn't, you know, I went from like breastfeeding my son to like no touch whatsoever. And he was, you said six months. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being ripped away from my six month old and, yes. and your other two kids, but your six month old for 21 days. Yeah. Yes. And so I had a mm. lot of time with the Lord. He basically like stopped my life. Yeah. Anything that was in motion, going with my career, our plans with our family. And I was basically in quarantine and this was on another level than COVID. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. Cause at yes. least during COVID we, we were shut in with our family, you know, yes. and yeah. I could not imagine. Yes. So even my trash was radioactive and we had to like double bag it and there was extra precaution for everything. Oh my goodness. So in your treatment, did you, have you had to do that again or what does treatment look like for you as far as what you've continued doing, having to do? Yeah. Right now it's kind of open. Um, Basically in May, uh, we're in July now. So in May, I went to the Cancer Institute in North Carolina, and I would say we received some good news. Obviously, I still live with active cancer. I still have tumors. I have two of them, and we're monitoring those. But as far as going immediately back into treatment, they have comfort just for me to live my life a little bit Mm -hmm. until I go back in November. But one day, I mean, we are going to have to address likely the tumors that are still in my body. So that would be another surgery, you know, probably, but they're just trying to give me more time. Um, I mean, as you can tell, I still have like a raspy voice, you know, just things from, I had my neck cut into, and that was a pretty big deal. Talk about that a little bit about your surgery Mm -hmm. and what all you had to have done through that. Oh yeah. So when I got my diagnosis, I, within 10 days, had my surgery. I look back on that now and I'm like, wow, that happened really really fast. I was, everything Mm -hmm. was still setting in, but you hadn't even processed it yet. I definitely had not processed Mm -hmm. it. Um, so yeah, next thing you know, I'm going into this surgery and I was terrified Mm -hmm. to have my neck cut into, you know, I mean, just like when you think of your neck, it's very delicate. Just all the things you're like, I swallow, talk, ingest food, all the things. And so, For a typical thyroid to be removed, you would typically have like less than a two inch incision, but my cancer was so aggressive and metastatic, especially on one side. Um, They cut my entire neck, like you can hardly see the scar anymore, but it looked like I had been decapitated, honestly. It looked like someone had chopped my head off and put it back on (laughs) my body. And I'll have to show you pictures because oh, it, it really is something. I looked like Frankenstein. I was about to say like a Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, that was awful. Yes. And I mm. feel like I, um, you know, I don't know why I thought it would be an easier recovery process than it was. It was not easy at all. Um, I had drains coming out of my mm-hmm. body after surgery. I think that was the hardest part for me because it just really just you have zero mobility can't yeah. even shower. Everything is difficult. Even changing your clothes, you're having to like put drains through every, know. you know. Yeah. And I was just laid up, you know, for a while. 
And again, my husband has served me so well through all of this. I just think of like, every time I think of that, I just think of my husband bringing me plates of food. Like, I mean, he was my caretaker from March all the way through radiation. So August till I fully, you know, could kind of even get back to holding our son. You know, he did everything, every diaper, like just... And for someone who's a control freak like me and (laughs) highly productive, it was so hard to watch. It really was. For those listening, you know that our theme verse that we encourage, you know, everyone to cling to is Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And of course, that's an easy verse to quote when you're not walking through a difficult time. But have you seen God working things out for your good and his purpose? You know, sometimes we don't see it when we're in the middle of a storm, but sometimes we do. So I just like to know if you can see glimpses of that now. I mean, yes, definitely. Since day one, and you know, this is something I say all the time, I can't wait till I can really just kind of unpack all that's transpired since that diagnosis day. But just the way that people have shown up for our family, um, it's incredible. I can tell story after story. And, you know, the one that comes to mind, um, my husband and I went to the surgery center in between my uh, radiation. And then, you know, we were wondering if I was going to have to get another biopsy because we found the additional tumors. And we went in And like I said, I run into cancer patients all the time. We do blood work together. So some of them I become familiar with. And there was this woman, Sherry, dealing with breast cancer and very, very weak, you know, had been through a lot of treatment. And she was there with her husband and her adult daughter and son. But I ran into her and she blessed us, literally gave us cash just because she had heard about our kids and that we were a young family and you know uh just I'm always the odd one out at the cancer center there are not many people dealing with cancer in their 30s so I'm usually yeah you know around you know the youngest people other than me are usually 50 and above and I would Mm -hmm. honestly argue even 60 and above most of the time you know And so, um, anyways, sweet Sherry, I always just think of her and how she wanted to, like, bless us. And her husband was like, you go take those kids to McDonald's. Oh, (laughs) that's so so sweet. Um, But even things like that, just, like, seeing any kind of light through trials, you know, Mm -hmm. and people still just loving each other and talking about the goodness of God. It's been there since day one. Yeah. When I think those songs are, I don't know, I think of the every, my whole life's like a song. I feel like I think of songs with everything, but it's all the songs about a storm, Yeah, you know, in the eye of the storm, he remains yeah. in control. And you just think about, I'll praise you in this I'll storm. I'll praise you in the yeah. storm. Yeah. And I don't think anybody actually realizes how true those songs are. Or they don't mean anything to anybody unless right. you've actually gone through a storm like this that you're facing every day. And then can you honestly say songs like that resonate a little bit more with you now when you listen to them? They absolutely do. (laughs) I know that's a crazy question, but I, like I said, I live my life. I feel like in music sometimes. (laughs) And I just, 
because I know for me, I had a situation with my dad, and I, I would sing those songs all the time. They didn't have the meaning they do when you go through something and you feel God's presence with you mm-hmm. and the through same those thing storms. With, as scripture, yeah. You know, some of some the scripture, of the scripture doesn't mean sure anything. That you read, yeah, Makes has a whole different meaning. Yeah. So, Kaylee, you've talked about your cancer diagnosis and some of the things that you've had to go through, um, but you have completely done an overhaul regarding your health. So, tell us a little bit about some of the changes that you have made and the impact it's had on your health. Yes. So. Let me just preface this by saying, you know, I've made a lot of changes, but again, this is because I'm chronically ill, you know, Mm -hmm. or like that's kind of the perspective I'm coming from. Um, So what I say here, not necessarily meant for people with healthy cells, you know, Um, but yes, from a chronically ill standpoint, well, and really for anyone who wants to practice preventative health, you know, um, I made a lot of changes that included nutrition, um, supplementation. I focused on getting adequate rest, Mm -hmm. you know, sweating, which is our body's natural detox, like things that I knew I should be doing my whole life, but I really did not prioritize. And it's amazing how you know, I thought I ate healthy before cancer, but I realize now that I really just wasn't educated. What mm-hmm. I thought was healthy actually wasn't healthy. Um, I was, for example, like not eating any fats, even healthy fats, just because I was so scared of fats. But yeah. then I learned that our cells, like you literally need, they need the healthy, fats. healthy fats, yeah. you yeah. know? And so just the education, um, I just feel like I'm on a different path. I mean, this is a lifestyle now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so um, I went super hardcore at first where I was juicing. I was doing shakes every day. And again, like I had my neck cut in too. So a lot of the time that was all I could really do anyways. Um, But I love carbs Mm. and I have to be more careful about how much I like intake those now. Cancer it's built uh, one of two ways. It either pulls from glucose to grow abnormal cells or protein. So there's actually ways you can kind of like figure out those pathways. Um, And one thing I don't do at all whatsoever is added sugar. Okay. So, but in today's day and age, it's really, really difficult to avoid. That would be the hardest thing, I think. Yeah. And no processed foods at all whatsoever. So you know, we have a culture now based on comfort and convenience. Oh, mm-hmm. most definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so. And I am their target market. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about that before. Yeah. That, you know, back in the day, they didn't have all these processed foods. So they didn't yeah. have. And I don't feel like they had a lot of the health issues that we have yes. now coming from all the processed foods and the convenience of things that we have. Yes. I mean, it's so true. Once you just you know, have a different perspective and just some more education. Um, You know, I had to sit and think like, yeah, actually that's right. Grocery stores didn't even exist, you know, like hundred plus years ago. So what did the people before us do for food? And, you know, were they preserving it the way that we do now? I mean, there's Mm -hmm. just so many things. And like you said, all the statistics are there that we have these autoimmunes, for example, things that we've never really seen in a surplus the way that we've Mm -hmm. seen recently. So just a crazy question, just because what do you eat in a day? 
break it down so, for us. Every day I eat what I call supercharged oatmeal, which I have taken recipes from other people who have healed from chronic illnesses naturally. Okay. There are yeah. several resources out there and praise God for that because, mm-hmm. you know, there are people that did this without the internet right. several years ago. Right. And the internet and all these resources make it so much easier for me to have access and follow those plans. So I have found my resources and, you know, if you follow me on social media, I talk about them all the time, but, um, just what has worked for other people who have had success, you know, so my supercharged oatmeal is kind of a staple. I do shakes a lot, which even my kids enjoy. And then I have a whole protocol that I follow. So as far as supplementation, immunity, um, and, I eat a lot of vegetables. I just, that's pretty much what I eat. I eat healthy fats. I even do full uh, spoonfuls of coconut oil. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So just, you know, looking at your diet and making sure you get in everything that your body is supposed to have. And it takes a lot of effort. I was about to say, just me trying to figure that out <laughs> would be, I don't know, probably a little exhausting. <laughs> but it would yes. be so much better for us if we took the time to figure out what our bodies really need. Because I think there's a lot of us that don't realize yeah. exactly what our bodies need to run. We overfill it with a lot of other things. Um, so as you have dove headfirst into living healthy and making all of these changes, what advice would you give others who are looking to implement healthy choices in their own health and where would you advise them to begin? Yeah, so I would say just don't get overwhelmed. Just take that next right step for you, you know? Um, I will say, and this is something that I say over and over again, especially with kind of what I do for a career now, but most people are deficient. And so I like to encourage people to start there. Most people's pain points are around sleeping, energy, anxiety, and hormones. Yeah. And what people don't really realize is um, all of that stems from Mm -hmm. deficiencies. And so figuring out what you're deficient in, if you don't take any supplements at all whatsoever, I would encourage you to take that first step Um, because with things like factory farming and even just the nutrition density of our food, which is different from years past, it's like to, um, you have to eat five apples today to get the nutrition of one apple from 50 years ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I believe it though. Yeah. Everything that I've been I would just say, you know, taking that first next step for, just think of it like, you know, that little triad y'all were talking about, about what's your first next step in nutrition? Like, can you eat healthier snacks? What's your first next step with movement? Is it just going for a walk once a week, you know? And same thing with your mind. It's like, maybe I can get off my phone a little bit more. Yeah. And you can't do it all at once, right? No. I mean, you just can't change it all in one day. It's true. Don't get overwhelmed. Um, That was me though. Like I tackle things really hard and I like to say I got the fast and hard because I did do the overhaul but it did stress me out and um mentally I've been kind of detangling myself from that recently where I was telling Tab yesterday it's like I am starting to eat more recreationally which again that's still not added sugar or processed foods Mm -hmm. or anything like that but 
Um, I know how to detox now and to do my protocol well enough that I'm not going to totally freak out if I eat, you know, pasta, gluten-free pasta for one meal in a month, you know, or something like that, you know. Give yourself a little grace. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we've discussed over the past few weeks how our spiritual, physical, and mental health are all intertwined. And when one area suffers, it will eventually pour over into other areas. And I know that with all that you have experienced, the diagnosis itself, the radiation that you talked about, your surgery, and so on and so on. It has to take its toll on you. So how do you make sure that you are staying healthy, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually as well? Yes. Well, <laughs> so that is forever going to be all of our struggle, isn't it? Really? Right, yeah. you know. And I feel like I'm in, well, I call it my apron season. Um if you Google Risen Motherhood and type in Susanna Wesley, I read this one time and it stuck with me, but Susanna Wesley, she was a mother of 11 and she would still fit in her prayer time. And what she would do is she would have an apron on just like doing her normal, you know, daily activities. And when she needed a moment (laughs) to be with the Lord, she would put her apron over her head and just sit there and pray and her kids all 11 of them knew like okay if mama's got an apron on her head and so I feel like I've been in my apron season because my last you know ever since I had Moses honestly and everything since then I get in my head because I'm like I'm not reading my Bible every day, or it doesn't look like what it has in the past, but um, I just throw up these little prayers all the time. Like, my prayer life is incredible. My time with the Lord just doesn't look like that ideal that I have in my head, you know, Mm -hmm. and so that has been a struggle for me because I was always able to maintain that before Mm -hmm. (laughs) cancer and just having a one-year-old right now and three kids and all the things. Um, but just having comfort in that, like, I feel like the Lord's really worked that out in me that it doesn't have to be this ideal. Like I have Psalms opened right now and just, I've been on such a journey, like the lamenting in the Bible or like the way David like cries out to the Lord in the Mm -hmm. Psalms, like all of that is there as an example to us, you know, and then. I've been working my way out of shame, if I'm honest, because divorce, I feel like brought that into my life, even cancer for whatever reason, like there's shame that kind of came with that. It's like, well, what was I doing Mm. that I got cancer? And when I heard the statistic that, you know, only a very small percentage of people, you know, get cancer through genetics. So that means that if we get a cancer diagnosis, we aren't living well like our lifestyle is making us sick Mm. you know and um like I said I thought I ate healthy and whatnot I've always worked out but what where my sickness truly was was my mind and I just have had a lot that I've had to disentangle ever since I came to know the Lord at 24 he has worked out so much in on like in my life, just Mm -hmm. completely disentangling me from culture, you know, and comfort, convenience, all the things, you know, and I'll, like I said, forever be on that journey. But 
yeah, just like fighting for that. Um, I don't have a mind that remembers scripture very well. And I've always like been down on myself. I'm like, gosh, why can't I? It's like, I'll remember it for a week, mm-hmm. have a Bible verse. Yeah. And then I like, I just don't retain it. Mm-hmm. Um and that's okay. You know, yeah. I still know God's word. It's imprinted on my heart. There's even scripture about that. Mm-hmm. And even though my mind is not a sponge, um, I still can speak to it. I am equipped and I've been on a journey to come out of hiding with my shame. Mm-hmm. So I know that was kind of a lot. No, that was <laughs> no good, but it's though. not always yeah. picture perfect. And there's a season for everything, right? There's a mm-hmm. season that maybe you are going to be more studied and into it but then there's a season that maybe your your journey with the lord and your walk with the lord is you're talking to him mm-hmm. your conversations with him yeah. so i think mm-hmm. that's great to to hear that it's not always picture perfect picture perfect yeah so as you know we've been talking i, I kind of want to know what do you think the future looks like for you as you're on this journey i know you can't predict it but what right now do you see is your future with everything well Pre-cancer, I was in real estate, and before that, before divorce, I was actually a stay-at-home mom, which had my heart. I always Mm -hmm. thought that I would be a stay-at-home mom, and so, you know, when divorce entered my life, I was like, what? You know, like, Mm -hmm. I love this time with my kids. I even thought I would homeschool, you know, all these things um, seemingly came crashing down, you know? Yeah. And overnight, I was hiring childcare so I could go back to a full-time job. Real estate is what I knew, and so that's just what I naturally Mm -hmm. did. And I do love it. It'll always be, like, in my life in some capacity. But since cancer, I've learned so much on my, I call it a healing journey, just because I want to take that perspective, you know. Um, I've learned so much about wellness, and my eyes have been opened And I just feel like I want to help others on that journey. So lately, the Lord made it really clear, especially in that 21 days of quarantine, (laughs) that that's what I was supposed to do more of is spend time with people and do things like this, like just talk through the story that the Lord has given me um, and just give him the glory that like we're all still here, you know? As you were just saying that, 21 days and then it just stuck in my mind like that was Daniel you know he in the Bible he prayed for 21 21 days days. for an answer from the Lord and it didn't come at that moment but it came later and that just made me think like I know that that 21 days was very tough on you but then it's like through this journey God is now revealing you know the reason why you're going through this but then yeah but then given you encouragement to give to other people. So I just think that's really awesome. Um, Kaylee, so we always end our episodes by asking two questions. The first being, what's the purpose? And I know Ashley kind of alluded to this as far as when you talk about your future that you might not know what that is. Do you think you know what the purpose is for all this? Or is this still a time of trusting that it's just going to work out for God's good? Yeah, I mean, I think the purpose is definitely being unraveled, you know, and um, the more time I spend with the Lord, I just feel super grateful to be on this journey. I tell people all the time, like my three fears in life were um, divorce, just like never thought that would happen to me, didn't believe in it, like how did this happen, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And then two would be, um, you know, cancer. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. No one. Nobody wants that. Nobody yeah. wants that. And then three was like public school. Cause again, I had this heart <laughs> for like homeschool and I was just like, well, you know, but yeah. I'm a family that like, we don't have that option. Like we really don't even now, like with financial struggles, everything, it's yeah. like, I'm still working. Michael's working. So, you know, but I just love that. Like I knew in my heart, those were my three fears and the Lord was like, Hey, we're going to do them all, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, and he's okay. like just unraveling that purpose. And I just think all of us, our purpose is our personal testimony. And just, you know, I feel like getting to a place where we can share it, like yeah. become relatable with others. And like I said to y'all earlier, it's just um, I want to help people figure out how to be there for other people in mm-hmm physically is kind of like what comes to mind when they're going through trials. So that's the only thing that's truly clear to me at this moment. Yeah, that's good. Well, and the second question that we always ask is what's the challenge? So I'm putting you on the spot, but what is a challenge that you would offer up for our listeners in regards to their health or even maybe their spiritual life or their mental well-being? Yes, I think just going back to like figuring out how much are we going to live for comfort? How much are we going to live for convenience? You know, because um, we live in a culture of instant gratification and it's training our minds. And I just feel like how much more like useful could we be making the extra like effort, you know, whatever that is to share your story or to spend more time with the Lord, um, physically, you know, like be there with others, sit with them in their trials. Like I love what Derek said yesterday. He said, you're either in a trial, just went through one or about to go through one. And that is true for most people, you know, like you may be like me and have lived super charmed up to this one point in your life and then it's like out of nowhere you're hit with Mm -hmm. this trial you know so yeah I just think that's the challenge um at least that's my personal challenge which is what I'm speaking from you know I think that's great so the truth is that none of us know what tomorrow holds but we do have access to the one who holds tomorrow so if someone is listening that just received an unexpected health diagnosis how would you encourage them to continue trusting the Lord when maybe they're angry with him right now? Because I'm sure you felt some of those emotions along the way. <laughs> yes, I did. And that's completely normal, I want to say. You know, I um, I did. I had all the panic, all the fear. I still struggle quite a bit with anxiety. Um, but I will say, you know, when you receive a cancer diagnosis, I think that's completely normal or any devastating news, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But you, I feel like, yeah, I feel like when you get a diagnosis, you're kind of faced with like, how am I going to show up in this? Like, do I really believe what I believe, you know? And for me, like I had to dig deep within my heart and realize like, I do actually believe this. So like, what does that look like, you know? But um, just to overcome that fear, I just think you have to lean in. 
And that's just what comes to mind. I know yeah. that's like really simple, like, or it doesn't sound like it's no, actually I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes just, we want to overcomplicate things too, yes. you know, and once you have a diet, there's nothing that you, you personally can't control this. Then you can do the research mm-hmm. and you can go through the treatment, mm-hmm. but the rest is in God's hands. Yes. You know, well, you just have to trust yeah. in and his leaning sovereignty. Into him. And, like that's yeah. what he wants you to do. You mentioned yes. crying, you know, David crying out, like he mm-hmm. went through a very tumultuous time. And so the book of Psalms is, is him kind of lamenting that, mm-hmm. like you said, and crying out to God and why yeah. am I having mm-hmm. to go through this? And it's okay to ask him questions mm-hmm. and just to speak your heart to him, but lean into him. Yeah. Lean in. That is just really what comes to mind and like the peace will come. I mean, that's just the hope that we have, you know? And so that was my journey and just realizing that like the more that I sat with that, I was covered with things like supernatural peace and just a comfort that really like that's the sustenance of being in Christ, you know? That's when your faith kicks in. Yeah. That is when your faith kicks in and all that to say, like, I uh, do encourage anyone that receives a diagnosis like that like just take a step back you do not have to just fully charge that right away like usually with cancer like I said it's slow growing you have more time to kind of sit with it think about Mm -hmm. it look at all the options get second opinions just take a breather because it can be a lot and to move forward like really really quick into treatment like I did you know I was faced with a lot of questions afterwards and um just wish I had taken more time to do that. So, Well, Kaylee, you've mentioned that you are a young mom of three, and I know that with all you have going on, you have needs, whether it's physical, spiritual, and even financial. So if someone listening wants to help you in any way, how can they do that? And tell us where they can find you on social media. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. I have a blog, which is uh, kayleeshealingjourney.com. So that's where I tell my whole cancer story, going into symptoms, how I got my diagnosis, and then the journey since then. Um, I need to update it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's coming. But my last post, I, it was a really vulnerable one because I shared, you know, uh, Michael, my husband lost his job and we're still on that journey. So that was in February, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, no one is really prepared for like, you know, news like cancer or devastation or just anything sudden, you know? And then like, I've just realized how just most people are just are not prepared for that. We certainly weren't not financially or anything. And so we've been hard pressed in that regard, but, um, no, the Lord has been really good to us. Like I, like I said, still struggle with anxiety and to trust that, but he has provided thus far and I just want to continue to trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is added stress, you know, yeah. and like on a marriage and oh, just most definitely. Yeah. And just, you know, figuring out how to work with cancer and then again, not pursue that lifestyle I did before, which was super productive not sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had to take a step back and do things a different way. So, but yeah, my social media is consciously Kaylee and that is kind of my new, what I'm pursuing in, um, my life is just wellness, sharing it with others. 
And I'm a doTERRA essential oil leader. They have a really quality supplement line. And I basically just meet with people and help them start their wellness journey. Love it. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Love that. We will also have all of Kaylee's social media platforms, her blog page linked in the description box for this episode. So make sure you check it out. Kaylee, we just can't thank you enough yes, for being on and so being much. vulnerable and sharing your story with us. You know, I, I knew what Tabitha told me through Kaylee's story, but I haven't heard it from the beginning like that. And so thank you for sharing that with us. It's definitely touched me and I know it will, will touch others as well. So Thank you for being on. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you so much for your love, your support with this podcast. We couldn't do it without you. Always remember a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.